This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Arsenal daily transfer show in which we look at all the latest Arsenal news, get you guys up to date at 8am UK time every single morning, even after a morning run. Oh my God, I should not have done <laughs> Note to self, don't do run before morning show. It's I thought I could do a morning show then work and that was a stretch and now I'm thinking I can go out and do a run before doing this but yeah apologies if I'm a bit out of breath um <laughs> I'm doing the show I hope you're well I hope you're doing good make sure you subscribe to the channel to get all of the daily updates at 8am every single morning uh, and of course get your thoughts and feelings discussed in our chat box as well so let's kick off the day with our first story which revolves around this guy uh Sanderberg of Sheffield United formerly of Genk of course Norwegian international midfielder um there's some kind of a lot of conflicting stories surrounding uh Berger at the moment and they mainly revolve around his price tag um the kind of there's three kind of routes that we've seen so far the initial route is that he has a buyout clause of around 45 million pounds now that is set to drop to 35 million pounds if they get relegated which they obviously have been so that's what burger's price would supposedly be however there are some reports that have circulated that supposedly is less than that even and it could even be in the 20s of millions of pounds rather uh, than the 30s, which obviously would make him a very kind of tempting option for plenty of sides, not just Arsenal. And Arsenal are one of the sides that are certainly linked uh, with the more the morning midfielder. I'm just reading the chat box <laughs> with the Norwegian midfielder. And he is someone that I think that when you look at him, he provides that strength, that physicality. Arsenal have needed to change uh, for a long, long time, kind of how they're perceived, not on the pitch, but even before they go out onto the pitch in the, in the tunnel. Arsenal need to be a side that impose themselves, that dominate, that scare their opponents before they even step onto the pitch. If you remember the whole invincible sides and even the sides before that, the O2 team and going back to, of course, the 90s teams as well, there was, there was physicality in those sides. Vieiras, Keones, Campbells, all of these guys, even, even the smaller ones, 
even like Lauren. I was scared of Lauren. I mean, look at him. <laughs> like, the absolute beast. Like these guys were intimidating guys um, in, in the tunnel. Uh, and, and Tony Adams, obviously, of course. And like Pete and Steve Bold. Like we look at those and you look at the Arsenal team now and they're a little bit, they're just a little bit lightweight. And we don't even have kind of the, I suppose, not even the quality side of things. Like you look at, say, the likes of Lionel Messi and Neymar's and players like that. Players that aren't necessarily physically intimidating, but they intimidate you based upon their rep, based upon how good they are. We had it for a brief period with the likes of Alexis Sanchez, for instance. He would intimidate opponents just with knowing the energy that he puts in, how committed he was. You don't necessarily need that kind of physicality, but... Berger is certainly someone that kind of brings a good marriage between technical skill and, of course, the size of his game. He's good on the ball, and he has easily been Sheffield United's, for me anyway, probably their most underrated player. And Chris Wilder was obviously sacked from uh, Sheffield United, in my view, a lot because he stayed very loyal to the players that helped him get up to the Premier League that obviously got them that really good first season uh, where they finished, I think, was it just outside the top half or just in the top half? And and for me, not then putting more emphasis on the signings that they made uh, and not actually making kind of more astute signings in the last summer window is the reason why he was sacked and obviously why they're going to be relegated this season. Um, but I'm interested to know your kind of thoughts surrounding Sanderberg. Uh, would you take him? Is he someone that you're interested in? I don't want to go, oh, I'd rather have this guy, this guy, this guy. If Arsenal were interested in him, would you take him? Would you be interested in the Norwegian midfielder who's still young, he's still got a lot more development to do, and he's already acquitted to the Premier League as well and wouldn't need necessarily that transition period and could be available for a fee in the 20s of millions rather than the previously reported 30s and even 40s uh, of million players. Let's have a look at what you guys are saying in the chatbot. Jalsa says, uh, don't want... Um, <laughs> Philip says, I was listening uh, to the Mikel interview before this started. I can't believe he said, with support from the fans, the players will play better on the pitch yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Don't worry, on another show, we will be talking about the manager. Obviously, we've got a game today, so we're going to be talking a lot about it after the game. Uh, Captain Planet says, morning, we'll take Berger. Need more physicality in the squad. Uh, morning, Jasha. And by the way, good morning to everyone else uh, who threw those messages in earlier on. Absolute pleasure to have you in here joining me in the early hours uh, of the UK morning. And of course, if you're anywhere else in the world, welcome. And uh, I'm sure you're enjoying this. If you're in the West, obviously, you're, you, you're turning in at like 3 a.m. You're mad. Absolutely mental. And if you're in the East, you've got a nice afternoon show to enjoy. Uh, Carol Bailey says, we have one in Martinelli, but Arteta doesn't use him all the time. No to Sanderberg, of course, Martinelli being one of those intimidating players just with the amount of energy that he gives you on the pitch. Ansgar says, don't want him. Have easily ten players in mind that I would prefer. We are physically current. Uh, we are physical currently, in my opinion. What we need is technical quality. Interesting because Berger, I actually think, is a good, as I said already, a good marriage kind of between the two. Stephen says, if we can't get Basuma, he would be my second choice. Martino gives it a thumbs up. Um, Sam Dowie says, good player, but also not my first choice. Now, yeah, he's probably not mine either in terms of first choice, but I'm certainly not going to turn my nose up at the guy. I think he's got a lot of quality, a lot of potential as well. Um, and I don't mean potential as in you invest in him now and he's going to be really good later. I think he still adds a lot of quality now. We're asked him to go out and get him. And as we've already talked about, he's kind of the aesthetic that we need in a player. Um, 
in regards to kind of the links to players, there's, there's not too many flying about. And that's why the next two stories are kind of more focusing on ownership and, and a managerial side of things as well. Uh, the first one is that supposedly, um, and Arteta has obviously said this, is that Arsenal effectively need to be ruthless in the market. And not only that, um, but they also need to go out of their way and sign a fair few players. And he says that he expects, using his words, he expects some heavy backing from the ownership in this coming summer window. Now, I put a tweet out yesterday, um, which I know it wasn't tongue-in-cheek. It was genuinely kind of a bit curious to see people's thoughts and feelings, and if you don't follow us already, at the Talk TV on Twitter, um, about kind of the fact that in the 18 months or so that Arteta has been here, I have not yet once kind of seen an image. There's no photos. I've gone into Getty Images and I can't find a single one besides when Arteta was playing of, of, of Arteta and the Cronkies together. And that, I don't know why I find that so strange. I know that they, we obviously had the, the global situation that we have, but it started months after he was appointed and it's a very kind of big moment changing manager and they weren't there. And I just get that feeling of, we are told time and time and time again that we're going to get backing, that they are going to support us, that they are going to do this, that they're going to do that. And it just doesn't happen. It just it just never happens. Uh, and it's so frustrating. We've seen it very minimally. But even then, it's a little bit kind of uh, unfulfilling to, to hear when you say they helped us with Partey, which I understand. But we don't know the intricacies of how that was helped out with. It could have been done by moving some stuff around. Pepe supposedly was also helped out with. But maybe they just maybe they just turned around and said, look, you can go and spend the money because they're in control of the club. And if it's the club's money, they still have to sign off on that being paid for. But hopefully, fingers crossed, this whole what Arteta tells us to expect big backing this summer window. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, And we'll come to the end of the summer window and we'll sit down and we'll evaluate it and we'll look back and we'll go, "Did did we actually get backing? Remember the show. Remind us. When we're sitting here at the end of August, start of September, at the end of the transfer window, did we actually get the backing that we needed? And also, and check points this out in the chat, scouting is a bigger issue. We've spent lots of money. We, I mean, we talk about the figure that was released by the, the accounts that we've spent £561 million pounds between 2015 and 2019 in terms of windows. And that's how much we've spent on transfers. Not from his money, from the club's money. That's how much we've spent. And yet in that time, from 2015 to 2019, we've gradually gone on our way to becoming a mid-table team and now out of Europe. It's the way that we have obviously appointed certain managers and also the players that we've brought in have simply not been good enough, simply not doing the job that we need them to do. And we can go out and we can get back in from the, from the owners. Great. They can give us a load of money. Great. Whatever. But actually, that money needs to be spent well. That needs to be spent wisely in improving key positions on the pitch that are desperately in need of an upgrade. Now, if we are to take Arteta's words of gospel, I mean, he's telling us that they need to be ruthless with the squad. They don't need to change things. They need to keep like certain players, but others, their Arsenal careers are going to be coming to an end. And he was very kind of open about that the other day in an interview. So in regards to who he plays in these final games, I mean, if we start seeing Ceballos again, or Erdegaard, these guys that aren't going to be our players next season. Ryan, I'm less so, because there's a chance we could sign Ryan. I don't think we're signing Erdegaard whatsoever. If we start seeing players like Bellerin, who I think should be gone, if we start seeing players um, that are just not going to be here, 
that that that's concerning for me. I get that you want to finish strongly, but I think you should invest the the last few games in players that are actually going to be here next season. Um, and that will worry me because that will kind of go against what I feel anyway, how I feel about Arteta's words saying that he needs to be ruthless with the squads. But if you're going to start using players that aren't going to be here next season, what's the point? Maybe blood some youngsters, give Balogun 10 minutes here. Is these 10 minutes there? I mean, they played two days ago for the youth team, so I'm not expecting them to start today. But put them on the bench. Give them a chance. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying in the chats in regards to the owner. Uh, Sarab says this heavy backing stuff looks like just a reaction to the Super League chaos and also Daniel X involvement. KSC will not back Arteta or anyone else at the helm, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> uh, Sabaya says the only back he will get is tips for a creepy moustache. <laughs> uh, Peter says uh, to get backing is one thing and to buy the right players is the most important. Uh, Jashar says, Tom, I don't know if I can trust Arteta with better players, which is a fair point. And listening to him talk about signings makes me think the outcome will end up the same as what happened with Lampard. Um, Indanil says, this is classic PR from the Cronkies. Spread rumours about spending immediately after being knocked out of the Euro, uh, Euro, UEFA Europa League. Don't trust them one bit. Ansgar says we need to combine money and good scouting once or twice in a row. That way we don't actually have to spend big for quite some time because we'll have a good kind of foundation to build upon. Captain Planet says, Tom, this ownership is reactionary and not proactive unless there is a change of ownership. Who are those that are proactive? It will always be like this. Sahil says, Tom, us being linked to Unana tells us about the recruitment investment we are going to make. I don't trust these guys. Philip says, if it's true that we are looking like selling a few and buying a few, that's a big change to a squad. I believe Premier experience is important to new players to help speed up the settling in process. I agree with you. I think we should be looking to bring in some players that are already kind of transitioned. Your Basumas, your Buendias, your Max Aarons, these types of players. We should be looking at them as possibilities for the signings. Um Manu Clerk says, hope the weather is as beautiful over there as it is in here, lads. Get your mojitos out. It was all right this morning on the run. Not too shabby, to be fair. And hopefully it shines on Arsenal today in their game. I still do care, believe it or not. I will be watching the game. We will be reacting to it. So make sure you join us straight after the match a little bit later on. And make sure you're dropping a like on the videos and subscribing to get every single daily content at 8 a.m. always. Um, so let's move on to our final story of the day, which is an interesting one considering of all of the kind of the support that Arteta has been supposedly getting in the media and supposedly what the Cronkies are giving to him. There are links that possibly, if it doesn't work out at the start of next season and things aren't going well, that short lists are being drawn up as to coaches who may come in. Uh, there was a report saying that Arsenal's list would ironically be very, be very similar to Spurs' list. Of course, they're still looking for a coach at the end of their season. Ryan Mason not going to be taken over full-time. And how funny did they make our Saturday yesterday? You can always rely on Spurs to give you a little bit of uh, encouragement as an Arsenal fan, which is nice. Um, but yeah, they're, they're drawing up lists of poss possible managerial candidates. And the two people that have been suggested are these two. Ralph Ranić and Rafa Benitez. I can already hear Dan Potts screaming with delight around the sound of Rafa Benitez being suggested. Um, let's let's break these two down. Ralph Ranić, of course, has not been in management for a little bit. He was previously the coach of RB Leipzig and did a lot of work in helping them get to the level where they were taken over by Ralph Hasenhüttl. 
and then by Julian Nagelsmann. And he laid that work. He put the work in, helped him getting the signings done. He's then worked within the club as well <clears throat> with like transfers and bringing in the right players. And he's a, he's a really good coach. Um, but he has no experience kind of of Premier League level football. And that is something that I think a lot of people will be a little bit kind of frustrated by uh, a coach that doesn't necessarily have that experience in the league. It's it's not always something that you need. Antonio Conte comes to Chelsea at one of their lowest points, takes them to a Premier League title. So it's not something you necessarily need bundles of to succeed in, but maybe of a certain pedigree, Antonio Conte, manager of Italy, doing some really good things uh, with the national side and with the clubs that he was at as well. Um, and then going to Chelsea, it was kind of a good marriage. Whereas Ranić has not necessarily got um the the pedigree at the top level of kind of big big clubs like Arsenal but working with RB Leipzig you've got a side that recruited really well that sold really well and gradually built themselves up to an established Bundesliga competitor and he laid the groundwork for that it was then built upon by Ralph Hasenhutl and then of course Julian Nagelsmann you've then got <clears throat> Rafa Benitez who of course has bundles of Premier League experience with Liverpool with Chelsea and of course, with more recently Newcastle, he's been spending more recent days in China, getting a little bit of moolah. Um, not really sure what's gone on in China, to be honest. I've not followed him when he's been there. But based on what he did in Newcastle, of course, they did get relegated. He stayed with them. He helped them get them up again and then took them to a really strong finish in his final season. He left because he wasn't backed. And I mean, if that's going to be the case, is he going to want to come to Arsenal? Because we know what it's like about getting financial backing. Um he left Newcastle because he was told he wasn't going to get it, basically. Um, and so why would he come to Arsenal if he's not getting back to Newcastle? And then in the summer, they were and spend £40 million on Joel Linton. And if he was asking for more to be spent than that, is he really going to see more backing financially at Arsenal? Would he want to come to Arsenal? Probably he would. It is a very different scenario than Newcastle, of course. But this whole idea around financial backing, it, that's that's the problem. Um, that that's the issue is that you don't know whether or not he'd come in and do a job with with the kind of backing that he can expect at Arsenal, whether he wants to go to a job that's got that amount of restricted level backing at the club. But his experience is huge. He's won trophies at the likes of Valencia, of course, winning La Liga with them. He's gone and won the Champions League with Liverpool. Um, he's done really good jobs. Uh, we, we, he did a good job in the short term with Chelsea. He didn't do the, the greatest of jobs at Inter Milan. And Real Madrid, he was a bit of a puppet to Florentino Perez, unfortunately. Um, at Napoli, he did quite well. But then we look at what he did at Newcastle in the Premier League, and it was a good job, you have to say. So that's what we go on. Dan Potts has tried to convince me all the live long day uh, that, that Rafa is the right guy. I think I need to see some evidence if he was to come in to have um, to kind of make a judgment. But anyone who comes in, of course, say the Arsenal job gets my 100% back in right from the off. And fingers crossed, um, it's it works. But Ralph Ranić is, is, is someone I think is an exciting kind of guy that is a bit of an unknown. But we've had the unknown and it's not necessarily worked out. I want to know what you think in the chat box. It's a really interesting story that's come about over the last 24 hours or so. Would either of the, these two take your fancy? Should Arsenal end up moving on from Arteta? Let me know in the chat. Uh, Shiro says, Ranić 
would want all of the power in his hands, but he would be the perfect man to unearth some hidden gems. Bellagio says, as per reports in Spain, if Zidane leaves Real Madrid at the end of the season, would you take him at Arsenal? Bellagio, I don't think I would, mainly because of the inexperience else outside of Real Madrid. He's very, very kind of acclimatised at Real Madrid. He was with the youth team. He came into the first team and then had the likes of Ronaldo, etc., which since losing Ronaldo, um, they haven't been able to compete on like the European stage. They very lent very heavily kind of on, or rather leaned very heavily on Benzema last season. Um, and he hasn't been able to necessarily get the best out of some players uh, in, towards the end of his time of time at Real Madrid. But maybe he would do an amazing job. It's impossible to know because he's only been there. So it's a, it's a, it would be a risk. But he's got a lot of European pedigree. That is for sure. But domestically, in England, who knows if it will work. Uh, John says, Rafa took his terrible uh, Newcastle team minus £100 million investment to 10th. Massive overachiever and knows how to rebuild a club. But as we talked about, it's an amazing achievement what he did with Newcastle. I think he did really well. But there is no guarantees that it translates from Newcastle to, to Arsenal. Uh, we've seen some coaches step up from doing good jobs elsewhere and they can't necessarily cut it. I mean, you look at Ronald Koeman, did a really good job at Southampton, moved to Everton, couldn't translate that. Um, Marco Silva did a really good job at Watford, gone to Everton, didn't do so well there either. So it's it doesn't always translate, but you never know until you try it, I suppose. Matt G says, look at Rafa's face. He's loving life. He's the one to unite the fans. Um, Mr. SNLO says, uh, what's the point in waiting for the beginning of the season to bring in a new manager? The new manager would miss out on the transfer window and the preseason. I just don't get this club, which is a completely fair point. Uh, Marley says Roberto Martinez is a good candidate. I disagree. I think he's got it very easy at the Belgian job. I think he failed at Everton. He obviously got Wigan relegated. I don't think he's necessarily a good candidate for the Arsenal job. Um, he finished Everton with his career there in 12th in the league, took them backwards. So I'm not sure that's the right choice. Jordan says, yeah, but Tom, not getting backed by Ashley is different to not getting backed by the Cronkies. Ashley invests nothing. Have you heard of the Cronkies, John? <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of them i'm, I'm sure you, you there's a little there's a kind of a, a parallel that you can see going on there surely um let's go up to let's scroll down a little bit and get some more of the recent comments in the chat uh utah says tom do you really think the boy is going to sack arteta i personally don't think they're going to i didn't think they were going to sack emery and they did so who knows at this stage i don't think they're going to sack him right now i think if we start the season very poorly and we kind of continue on this trend they will, but I think they're going to give him the summer. I think that's pretty much a guarantee at this stage that we're going to see him. I'm still going to do some managerial profiles throughout the summer just in case we see some change. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Christian says, what about Jardim? Of course, he did a really good initial job at Monaco, but then when he returned to Monaco, he could not arrest the slide. And if you're a, a club that's on a slide and you can't arrest it, that's kind of like Arsenal right now. I'm not sure I would trust him to arrest the slide that Arsenal are in right now, if that makes sense. Um, uh, what about the Sevilla manager, says Joe Weston. Julian Lopetegui, um, of course, has had mixed results in his managerial career, was the Spain manager. He was previously a goalkeeper in his playing career. He went to Spain and got them to, to a World Cup and was on the verge of, of taking them through into that competition, I thought, as one of the favourites. He then, of course, took the Real Madrid job before the World Cup happened. Spain's federation, um, who's the guy who runs it, his name escapes me, um, 
to said, you're gone. We're not having you anymore. Um, is it Rubai Ales? I think it might be who runs it. Um, and anyway, they sack him. He goes to Real Madrid, does terribly, absolutely awfully, uh, gets sacked, then goes to Seville and or Sevilla and has done an amazing job. He's got them in the title race this season. Um, doing a kind of really interesting stuff. In fact, I didn't actually check the La Liga results yesterday because I was so busy uh, with work. But La Liga title race is really interesting right now. Um, Barcelona Atletico Madrid drew, which is a really good result for Atletico Madrid, you have to say. Because um, even if Real Madrid win, they have to win by a lot to kind of overtake them on goal difference. And then that then leaves Atletico Madrid in a position where they can go really far in the table. So that's good uh, for them. So great result for Atletico to not lose that game. Um, but rather where Sevilla are. I mean, Sevilla are sitting currently in fourth uh, and they are seven points behind the leaders, but they have played one game less. So they can move within four points, but it does look like um, it's going to be a little bit of a tricky time to try and... Uh, uh, get that win, uh, especially considering they lost their last game, which is an absolute hammer blow um, to their chances of um, of trying to get there. They are playing Real Madrid as well today. Italy's top four race, as Manu says, is also crazy. Anyway, we're getting a little bit off target. Um, uh, Ten Hag has been suggesting in the chat. He signed a new deal at Ajax and he's done sign a year extension, so he's not going to be going anywhere. Uh, Koya says, please, the Lille manager, Galtier, uh, I'm actually going to be doing a managerial profile on him for the channel because I don't personally know much about him, um, but going to get some help for the guys that get French Football News. I know a lot of Arsenal fans have their reservations about get French Football News, but I, <laughs> I know them quite well. They're a good bunch of guys. And genuinely, they do not have an anti-Arsenal agenda, whatever people might think. Um, but uh, Adam White, who's the kind of chief uh, reports writer there, is going to be uh, doing an insight on him for me for a tactical managerial break down so i look forward to giving you that content to so make sure you subscribe to learn all about galtier and lille um Indonil says tom la liga uses head-to-head -to, -head to different you're right sorry that's yeah complete um that's <laughs> complete brain fart moment there's no goal difference in la liga it's just head-to-head -to, -head, uh, to differentiate differentiate tough word those same points um and so there you go so if real madrid beats seville it's a big big kind of thing for them of course thank you for correcting me on that avanash says any big manager with a job won't shift to arsenal without some promises which is unlikely um that's the thing is that you we want contes we want these types of characters but they're not going to leave where they are to go to arsenal are they so it's 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 almost kind of a it's almost it's a really difficult um, situation. <laughs> Keith says Brian Cranston looks like Ralph Ranick, which is, you know, it's not a bad shout. Not a bad shout at all. Anyway, that's going to round off uh, today's show. You have been listening to Raw Reaction Show. Thank you ever so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, at 8am. We'll be here every single day giving you the latest Arsenal transfer news. We'll be back, of course, straight after the Arsenal game today. We're playing West Brom this evening. We'll do the Royal Reaction Show. There's no watch-along with you, unfortunately. I'm not, we're not doing those. Well, I'm not doing them anyway until the end of the season because I'm working for a couple of the games. But we are going to be here straight after the game, of course. Uh, so make sure you join us here as well. Uh, and then tomorrow, there'll be the podcasts, uh, which is good to have the podcast back. If you're new to the channel, we do a weekly podcast as well with some of our regular guests. So I'm looking forward to seeing the guys for that as well. I will see you tomorrow morning and this evening, of course. So make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. It's been a pleasure speaking to you as always. And as always, 
up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.